Welcome to another episode of Music Life Radio. I am your host, Dan Sauter. Music Life Radio is a free podcast available on iTunes and your interwebs at musicliferadio.com, and it features interviews and stories about and related to music. Today on Music Life Radio, Josh Allman interviews Brian Beller, bassist, composer, writer, and solo artist. Take it away, Josh. Bass player Brian Beller has recorded and performed with Steve Vai, Mike Keneally, Dweezil Zappa, and countless others. His latest group, The Aristocrats, consisting of guitarist Guthrie Govan and drummer Marco Miniman, just put out their debut album. Brian also released his third solo album, Wednesday Night Live, earlier this year, and has an album in the works with his wife, R&B singer-songwriter Kira Small. He is also a contributing editor for Bass Player Magazine, and has interviewed a myriad of bass players. I spoke with Brian on tour with the Aristocrats. When did you first get started in music? Yeah, well, I started playing piano when I was eight, you know, classical lessons, and then I started acoustic bass at 10, and then electric bass at 13, and, uh... And then I ended up at Berklee College of Music uh, at age 18, right out of high school, and chose electric bass as my main instrument. Kind of just went from there. And what was uh, going to Berkeley like? It was amazing. You know, you get these the most incredible musicians from all over the world, not just America. Uh, you learn just as much from watching the other students as you do from going to classes and listening to the teachers. It's just a great. It's great kind of global laboratory for music learning, and uh, Berkeley was great for me. I, I became much better as a musician, and I met the guy who got me my break into, you know, my professional career, which was uh, Joe Travers. The, now he's the drummer for Zappa, plays Zappa, but he got me an audition with Dweezil Zappa, and that's what got me to L.A. And, that, and you guys were in a band together? Yeah, we were in Dweezil Zappa's band together. That was called Z, right? Yes, when did you start recording? Uh, I was uh, recording at Berkeley, you know. Uh, they have studio projects there also, but right when I got into Tweezel's band, you know, it was right in the studio, recorded two tracks for this album, Shampoo Horn, and, and then we were recording on and off for the next couple of years for his album, Music for Pets, and then Mike Keneally asked me to do his record, uh, Boil That Dust Back, so, you know, kind of the same time that I got to L.A., I just started doing professional recordings for people. And you started your own label? Onion Boy Records, yes. I started that in 2003 when I put out my first solo album, View. I've got a few products out on that now. I've got View, which is my first solo album, studio album, Thanks in Advance, which came out in 2008. It's my second studio album. And then I've got a Wednesday Night Live, which is a live performance of my band, The Big Potato, which came out this year. There's a CD and a DVD of that. Right. So you've been working with Mike Keneally quite a while. Well, yeah. Mike Keneally and I have been playing together since 1994, and you know, we've done everything from open up for Steve Vai to go on a tour of his own band, seven piece, five piece, four piece, 
you know, I've been a, his bass player in a variety of different lineups that he's had. And now, most recently, we're on the road together, coming right up actually next week. Uh, my band is going to open up for his band, which is actually the same band, same five guys. Me, Joe Travers, Mike Keneally, Griff Peters, and Rick Masalem on guitar are the last two. And we're going to tour the whole West Coast. Uh, so, yeah, that's, it's, we've done all sorts of stuff together. We're, we're, we're partners and friends as much as we are musical colleagues. I imagine that makes things uh, much easier logistically. In a variety of ways it does, yeah. Uh, when did you first uh, meet up with Marco Miniman? Through Keneally, actually, uh, in Europe. Uh, Mike Marco was referred to Mike by somebody I don't even know. And Mike said, you know, we're going to go over there and we're going to meet this drummer. We're going to have one rehearsal. We're going to do this gig. And I, Mike's Keneally's material is really hard. And I was like, really? You sure? And then, of course, we played <laughs> with Marco. And it was unbelievable. So, uh, you know, I was, a, I was a believer the second he started playing. And that was in 2005. And, and we've played together on and off since. But never as much as now, uh, now that we're in the Aristocrats together, which is this, you know, new project with myself, Marco, and, and Guthrie Govan on guitar. We're, we're having a great time. We're on the road right now as I'm speaking to you from Canada. And how has the tour been going? Great. You know, we're a, this band only put out its first record two weeks ago. And, uh, we're doing really, really well. There's a ton of people coming out to see us and all over the East Coast. We played Atlanta, Raleigh, Baltimore, Philly, New York, Boston, Burlington, Vermont. We did Montreal last night. It was like, you know, 250 people there. So we're having a great time. I'm having a time of my life musically. And, uh, and it's a real band. You know, it's all for one, one for all. We're, we're all in it together. And you guys, uh, actually went back to Berkeley. Well, we played a show at Berkeley, yeah. We played a show at the Performance Center, which, of course, was a, a trip for me, uh, like coming home, you know. Was that uh, the first time you'd actually played there since you were a student? Actually, no. I played there in 1996 with Keneally, and then I played there in 2007 with Vi. So I've managed to get all my major projects into the Performance Center. Uh, uh, you know, it's just great, man. I'm, I'm very grateful. Yeah. How did So how did the aristocrats come together? And I got to tell you, I really enjoy the music you guys are doing. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, it's kind of an accident. Uh, you know, we Marco and I went to Russia with a guitarist named Greg Howe, who's amazing. And we had a trio, and we did some stuff over there. We, we had such a good time that I have this show called the Anaheim Bass Bash that I play sometimes at NAMM. And I said, well, let's, let's play this show as, as this band. And they were like, great. But then, uh, on fairly short notice, something came up for Greg and he couldn't do it. So, believe it or not, Guthrie's fans on Facebook were writing me and saying, you got to play with this guy, you got to play with this guy. And I was ignorant. I had never heard Guthrie play. And then I went on YouTube and saw clips and I was like, oh my God. So I emailed him just like out of the blue, just saying, hey man, you know, my name's Brian and I got this gig at Ma'am. I think you're going to be there anyway. Would you like to do it? Fortunately, he said yes. We had one rehearsal. And then we did the gig, and people went nuts. I mean, really nuts. Wow. And I was, we were all just like, well, <clears throat> we should probably do more of this. And that was when we made the decision to be a band and do a record and, and write material. We all contributed equally to the record, uh, three songs each. So, yeah, and then that was it. And, you know, that was January. We recorded the record in April and May, and we did a little bit of touring on the West Coast in June. We went to Asia, we went to Korea and Japan in July and August, and now here we are. The record came out in September, and there you go. 
Here's the aristocrats with Sweaty Knockers. you've had the Wednesday Night Live CD and DVD come out this year, as well as the Aristocrats. What else do you have that's in the works or is already out? Wednesday Night Live came out in March and April. And then the Mike Keneally live recording from The Baked Potato, which is called Bacon and the Potato, uh, that came out in June. Uh, and so uh, then the Aristocrats album came out in September. And I have a live album coming out with my uh, wife, Kira Small. I actually play with her in a duo. And she does, like, she's a singer-songwriter, and she does R&B and soul stuff. And we do we play as a duo. She plays keys and sings, and I play bass. It's a completely different thing than all these other projects that I'm doing, and it's a blast. So we've got a record coming out in November called Live at the White House. Okay. Uh, and you, you, you two do uh, house concerts. Yeah, you bet. How has that been going? Awesome. Uh, you know, when you're getting started out uh, as a band, and even after you're started out as a band, I'll tell you, it's almost impossible to go on the road and make money. You know, you look at it as kind of like a promotional expense. You're going to carry a band, do venues, you're going to you know, draw 100 people or 150 people a night. That's better than most bands could do, and still it's very difficult to make money. Well, if you're really just starting out, like Kira's career, is, she just started touring a couple of years ago. Uh, taking a band on the road is impossible. It's just, you know, it, it doesn't work. Uh, of course you want to do it, and not doing it is an impediment to your career, but if you do it, it's just like, it's an incredible investment. So anyway, 
we had the idea, let's see what it sounds like when the two of us just play together. And then we realized that her songs, you know, are strong enough that just the two of us playing them will really deliver them. And she has an incredible voice. So we had heard from a bass player named Steve Lawson that he was doing house concerts. Basically, house concerts is like you just set up in somebody's living room, bring a little PA, and, you know, set up your bass and your keyboard and vocals, and, and you just do it and play for like 30 people or 35 people. And, you know, you have this really intimate experience where the people are right in front of you. I mean, like, they're right there. They hear everything. They see everything. They don't have to go look for parking in some weird part of town. They don't need to sit next to some drunk guy who's like, oh, blah, 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 while a really quiet sense of the song is going on. After the show, you don't, you're not getting kicked out of the, the, the stage and have to load your gear and then not get to talk to anybody who came to the show. And, and, and also financially, it works better as well. So we've done, hell, we've done like over 100 house concerts now. Uh, in like 35 states, and we traveled the country in a minivan. It's real DIY, close to the ground, uh, grassroots kind of touring. And uh, there's a whole network of people out there that are doing it, uh, and it works really well, and we're having a blast. It's you, great for the hosts, too. Right. Do you get uh, just people to volunteer up their house? Is that how that yeah, we'll just we'll just send out an email in our mailing list, and we'll be like, okay, we're coming to this region of the country. If you're interested in hosting a house concert, let us know. And people write us back and say, yeah, tell me more about it. And then we send them an email, and we talk to them, and then bang. Very cool. Uh, you've uh, also done a lot of clinics. What is it that you love about the clinics? I love sharing knowledge with people. I mean, you know, I remember when I was 20 or 23 or whatever, even a teenager, just like starving for knowledge from people who were actually working as a pro. You know, because you can't get that from your peers when you're 18 or 20 or 22. Uh, and there's just things about the music industry that you can only learn by experience. So sometimes a conversation can really change somebody's, like, existence. Like, oh, I didn't know that, you know, this will help me when I'm on the road, or this will help me get a gig, or this will help me with my tone, or this will help me when I learn a song, or whatever. That's what I like about clinics the most, is the opportunity to, give back and, you know, share with people what I've learned and what other people shared with me. And, you know, companies like D'Addario Strings are very, very uh, kind and cool to sponsor my clinics around the country. And Mike Lowell Custom Bases also sponsors some clinics that I do sometimes. Uh, it gives me the ability to connect with other musicians in a way that's not possible at a, just a show. And how was the Gerald Veasley Bass Boot Camp? That's kind of like the ultimate clinic experience. You're, like, deep in a weekend retreat of... Just only basis, just knowledge. Uh, Gerald has set up this incredible laboratory for basses to come and learn and experience other basses and also to have kind of a spiritual experience as well. So the, the Gerald Beasley thing is great. I met a lot of people there, and, and I still uh, count many of them as friends. Uh, it's really, really, truly cool. Basses out there, especially in the Northeast, the thing is held in Philadelphia every year uh, or near Philadelphia. you got to check it out. It's really worth checking out. Oh, maybe I, ha I will have to. You know, I am a bass player. I'd, I would say that bass is spiritual. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, never more spiritual than when you're at the boot camp. If you're thinking about going, man, you should go. SWR, you um, worked with them for quite a while, first as an endorser and then employee, and you ended up their VP? Exactly. How did that all take place? Yeah, I mean, it's weird. I mean, I just I just started working when I was I was 25, and you know, I had some success in the music industry, but uh, I hadn't figured out how to turn it into consistent money. So I needed to get something to supplement my income, pay off some debt, actually. And uh, I was like, well, you know, 
I was already an endorser. I came, I was like, can I have a job? They're like, are you sure? And I was like, yes, I'm sure, please. Uh, so I started off testing amplifiers. Uh, and then I did customer service and then artist relations. And then I was the export sales manager. And then I was the product development manager. That was fun. And then I got into some marketing. And then finally, I was the vice president of the company, me and this one girl, the VPs, and we reported to one guy. And it was very heavy, you know? I mean, we were running a business. Uh, I, uh, I, I know how to work a spreadsheet and a PowerPoint presentation pretty well now. Uh, and I learned some things about organization and human resources too that have served me well, uh, in my life as a independent record company owner, as you will. Uh, but then SWR was sold to Fender and then they, they bought me as well. I went along and ended up being the manager for the brand for them. So I was running the division for them and I did that for two years and, and, and that was an amazing experience too. But after, after that, I was like, you know what? I'm like, I need to get back to music. Did so. that make it any harder um, with your recent switch to endorsing Galleon Kruger? Uh, well, SWR was always more than just a, a brand for me. It was part of my personal identity. I've been, I started using them back in 1990, for God's sake. So I was reluctant to switch. But, you know, listen, you evolve as a person and a musician, and, you're, and you're, what you want, your tastes uh, change. And, uh, you know, also SWR is a brand uh it's just different uh than it was 10 years ago uh and the products that they're making a couple of the products that I loved using uh they were going to stop making uh so that was challenging you know it wasn't like I was just like oh, SWR man literally a couple of the products that I was that I was endorsing were were, were going to be discontinued so I just figured I would just see what else is out there uh and uh and this new Galley Kruger this Fusion 550 head oh my god it's so great i mean I'm actually playing better as a result of playing through this gear. Uh, so it wasn't difficult at all once I started plugging in and playing through that. I was like, yep, that's what I want to do. And the guys at Galleon Kruger have been amazing. I mean, you know, the guys at Galleon Kruger know me. You know, I used to run the competition. So it was a pretty trippy experience for all of us. How did you end up uh, coming to that decision to switch over? I mean, was it just something where you, you decided one day, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check this line out or... No, no, uh, I, uh, was it I by went, accident? Hell no. I went, I tested, I tested out six companies, a rigs. Oh, wow. You know, uh, we, uh, I locked myself in a room for 10 hours at SIR in LA and just blasted these rigs. And one by one, I figured out what I liked and what I didn't. And when it was all over, Galleon Kruger was the winner. Very cool. You've worked with Steve Vaught for quite a while. What was the um, the gig in Holland like with the full Your, orchestra? Well, it was great. It was like uh, the way that you wished music school would always be. You know, you do you know orchestra band in high school, and you're like, oh, geez. But if it was this kind of music, and Steve I was playing guitar, and you had a rock rhythm section, it would be awesome. So that's what it was. <laughs> and uh, and I had a blast. It was very challenging. The Metropole Orchestra is made up of all aces. I mean, just crazy players. And uh, and the material was hard, and uh, it re required operating at a you know high level, and and I like that. I like being pushed. It was nice flexing my reading chops for a change. Uh, it was great. And you have any other gig uh, stories from the road? Well, you know what happens on the road stays on the road. Uh, you don't want to go too into <laughs> detail, uh, but uh, I will say that it's an experience that every musician should have at least once in their lives. 
you learn a lot about yourself. Uh, you learn a lot about your physicality because, you know, something will come up when you're on the road for a month. These little things that you can manage at home, suddenly you have to manage them in front of everybody. Uh, so, you know, you, you learn something about yourself. You learn something about yourself as a musician, as a person. And hopefully you'll get to see places that you never saw before. And you'll be on the road with people that you like so that everybody's getting along and it's a good time. But I, I, am, I admit I'm hesitant to go into detail about certain road stories. Oh, that's, that's fun, yeah. This is Kira Small and Brian Beller live at the White House with I Ain't Never. Last night, baby, you really laid it down. I can't wait until you bring it back around. But my head is spinning, I can't stop grinning. Make me feel so good, wanna tell a whole dang time. I ain't never been loved so bad You're sending chills up and down my spine I felt my share of chemistry But I ain't never felt nothing like you and me Oh, no, no, no Oh, hey, baby We got it going on question we always like to ask at Music Life Radio. What does music mean to you? There is a painting in my home that my wife Kira put up that has a quote on it. It says, all art aspires to the condition of music. And I thought that that was pretty profound. Because music is this is this thing that you can't really describe in a way. It's all you can look at it and be like, that looks like this. You say it sounds like that or whatever. Uh, but to talk about how something sounds really too much really kind of defiles it in a way. It is this kind of perfect state of being when music is fully realized. So from a spiritual standpoint, I kind of like to think of it like that. From a practical standpoint, it's, that's, it's how I make my living. And uh, I'm an expert, and so are so is every other professional musician. You know, I make my living as being an expert in the field of music. And 
you know, I love music. It's been my passion since I was a young child. And I feel very, very fortunate that this is how I'm able to make a living just by doing something that, frankly, I would be doing anyway. Right. Uh, do you have any other uh, interests, hobbies, that sort of thing, aside from playing bass and music? Well, yeah. I, you know, I like exercising. Uh, I try and maintain some kind of workout regimen when I'm on the road. I like shooting pool. I don't get a chance to do it very often, but I love shooting pool. I'm a political junkie. I, I read political blogs like crazy every day, uh, both on the left and the right. Yeah, that, all that together, that pretty much it. I mean, that's pretty much it. I've been I've been religiously following the television show Breaking Bad, if that matters to anybody. How many uh, days out of the year do you tour? Is it always a, a mixed bag? You're always playing with different groups, so... I'm uh, out on the road about 200 to 220 days a year. Wow. And is that including, that's just gigging, or is that including? Uh, it's uh, everything. Every I keep track of the days I'm, for tax purposes, all musicians do. Okay. I keep track of the number of days you're on the road. How did you end up doing the Adult Swim Metalocalypse live gig for um, Death Clock? Uh, well, you know, Brendan Small was a fan of Mike Keneally and myself before we knew who he was. Uh, he was coming to see us at Big Potato. He was also a Berkeley student. So when he got his television show happening, Metalocalypse, uh, and he already had a drummer, Gene Hoagland, the amazing metal drummer, he came to Mike and I to round out the live band, which I just thought was so great because I love metal. I've always loved metal ever since I was a kid. So now I had a chance to be in a metal band without having to be in a real metal band, which is really cool, actually. Uh, I... And we have the best time. It's just so much fun going out there and playing this music. And it's a, this is a long story, but uh, you know, I would encourage people who don't know what the hell I'm talking about to go look up Death Clock, D-E-T-H-K-L-O-K, on the Internet, and, uh, and maybe watch uh, Adult Swim's uh, television show Metalocalypse to see what we mean. It's a great animated parody of a metal band. And... Uh, and the metal band happens to make some really great music as well, which we play live on the road. So you actually guys, you guys actually go out and tour with that. Yeah. You you, you put on costumes or anything? Dress up no, like the characters? No, no, no. We just <laughs> we just wear black. There's an animated screen behind us while we play. Oh, okay. And there looks like they're playing, but we're playing. And they can see us, but they can see the screen better. It's a multimedia entertainment experience. What are your thoughts about illegal downloads and uh, the state of the music industry these days? Well, my opinion is that it's never been better for independent artists to get their music out there and be heard. Uh, you know, the good news is the there are no longer the gatekeepers of the major record companies. The bad news is that there are no longer the gatekeepers of their major record companies. I tend to think that the good news of that outweighs the bad news of that, you know, uh, uh, for the people who make it their life's business to go and, you know, go on BitTorrent and, you know, post records and say, you know, you can't sue me, it's fair use, blah, 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 you know what? Fine. Enjoy your karma. Uh, for the people who just put up YouTube clips of our songs, whatever they may be, and in the comments they say, hey, you know, Go check out blah, blah, blah. Buy their record at brianmiller.com or the-ristocrats-band.com. That's great. That's free promotion. And that's awesome. I'm fine with that. You know, I mean, there's there's a lot of free spins going on out there. 
uh, I feel like every one of them is a chance that someone might actually buy the record, and is a chance that someone who hasn't heard the record yet will hear it. Uh, you know, the only time I get a little bit perturbed about it is the BitTorrent people who are just like, you know, here's the record. You know, they're not making any uh, attempt to help the artist. Uh, it's just kind of like they're in it for them, and they feel like they have some kind of right to it. But, you know, what are you going to do? I'm not going to sit here and, 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 like, try and figure all it out and make people stop. Ultimately, I want people to listen to my music. So however it gets out there is fine. Hopefully the universe will reward the people who make music uh, with enough money so that they don't take the furniture away, and that's, that's all I ask. So what is uh, next on the horizon for you? Well, I'm going to finish this Aristocrats tour I'm on right now, and then, I'm gonna, like I said, I'm going to be on the, tour, on the road on the West Coast with uh, Mike Keneally's band and my band on Double Bill. And then after that, I'm going on the road with Kira, my wife Kira Small. We're going to be going to Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, uh, Georgia, South Carolina, and Florida. That's in November and December. And, uh, you know, my calendar is always up to date at uh, www.brianbeller.com. That's B-R-Y-A-N-B-E-L-L-E-R. Great. Uh, any chance the aristocrats will be playing in California anytime soon? Well, uh, yeah, actually in late January, early February. Stay, you know, just watch, go to, uh, the-aristocrats-band.com and check out the, the calendar there. Uh, we're gonna do some shows, uh, in late January, early February in California. Great. Well, uh, you have anything else, uh, that you'd like to impart to the listeners out there? If you love music and you're dedicated enough to throw your hat over the wall and then go try and find it on the other side without knowing what's over there, you know, don't give up on your passion of being a musician for a living because it's just the greatest thing in the world as far as I'm concerned. I agree. I'd like to thank my guest today, Brian Beller, as well as all of his amazing bandmates. We're going to leave you with one more track here. This one from his Wednesday Night Live album entitled Love, Terror, Adrenaline Breakthrough, featuring Mike Keneally on guitar. I'm Josh Ullman for Music Life Radio.
both to Josh Allman and Brian Beller for bringing us that story. Make sure to post comments about Music Live Radio. You can do that on our website directly. Look for the comments button. And if you listen to us on iTunes, we'd appreciate a review. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you.
Me too. <laughs> Mike Keneally on Impossible Guitar.